The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there, we at Bluewire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out BlueWirePods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world. George's Box. All the dramatic things I've ever seen. George's Box. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. It's a good day to be a Yankee fan. Happy, I guess it's May 6th. Nick, do you realize where what is supposed to be happening right now? Uh, Dollar Dog Night 9 and 9 Challenge, we're, whatever that was. We were going to have a great time. That. Yeah, we were going to have a great time. You know, right now it's about 5.30. So figure, you know, probably like 6 o'clock. We were probably going to be just, you know, getting in the stadium. Going to watch a game that we don't care about record a podcast while doing like this challenge on video so much stuff to do it would have been fun yeah i mean it's 5 30 i would have been definitely on the subway right now from center city i'm sure uh trying to get down there a little early would have been would have been nice watch a meaningless what was it phillies pirates i remember it was some it was something that was like, like that. i could not yeah. care less <laughs> yeah what do you think they do with the um do you think for next year so let's mm-hmm. say next year, like the season goes off normally, whether it's fans, distancing, whatever, I don't care. But just like from a calendar standpoint, do they just do this year's schedule next year? Because whatever be, we get, will be different now. Like, do we still get the Cubs? That's a good question because everything's on that rotation. And I know, I believe next year we're due for the NL East. So we'd essentially be, sk- we, we could just skip over the Central. I'd rather just skip over this because I didn't really love our schedule to be honest, we had very few Saturday night games. We had very few appealing road trips. This just wasn't a cool looking schedule from when I looked at it. I would prefer to just jump ahead and let's play the NL East. We'll play the Braves. We'll play the Phillies. I think that'd be a lot more fun than, than what we had on tap for this year. I can see that. I wanted the Cubs, but 
you know, what are you going to hey, do? You saw the Cubs. You saw us play the Cubs in, in Wrigley, right? Two years ago today. Because that was, I was going to say, I saw that on Twitter. That was the Guardi. Cinco two de Mayo, out, two yeah. Strike. I was yeah. there. I was at the bars at like 10 a.m. or whatever. And is there a player on the Cubs you love watching or just a cool historical matchup that you that you wanted to see again? No, um, I, I like the – so baseball being so long and so many games, it's hard to get that big game feeling. You know, like right. to a certain extent, like, yeah, you go like – you know, how many games do you get to a year? You probably get to what, 10 games, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean it, it loses its luster a little bit. It's, you know, it's exciting. If you go to three Saturday games a year, you can get up for the Indians on a Saturday. But you get, you give me a Friday night, and because we were going to go Friday night and Saturday night, Cubs yes. at Yankee Stadium. Like, that's a good, you know, that's a good time. There's a good energy. There are people probably come in from Chicago. There are, you know, people who live in Chicago from, you know, people live in New York from Chicago. They're going to go. So it's just I feel like there's more of a big game feel and getting the night games. No, you're right. And I that feeling, that big game feeling for me comes on any Saturday game that doesn't start at one. So any Saturday four or Saturday, like the Astros game we went to last year that was at 715. Like that had a big game feel. A Saturday one o'clock game, especially when you get into like June, July, it it's work. It feels like work. Yeah, exactly. It's fun, but it doesn't, you know, it's hazy. It's hot. I mean, especially the one we went to last year where it was pushing triple digits. Yeah. And just like, I got to get up early, you know, I can't especially just for go us. have lunch and then get up there. Yeah. So, you know, with only having one and that Cubs game was the only 715 game we had on a schedule for Saturday. So I'd be fine with just rolling it over and see what they come with with next year. But yeah. you were going to go to Field of Dreams and do some other things. Yeah. I mean, I was. I didn't have tickets yet, but I was willing to spend significantly to be there. And we were working on some things. And who knows? I mean, who knows? Maybe they do it again in a year or something like that. But so I was trying to get me, Scott, and Andrew to go. Um, you know, we started this before you were hosting with We started talking about this last year. And um, we were going to fly to Chicago and then rent an RV drive an RV from Chicago to Iowa. It's only a couple hours because there's no hotels. So then we could stay in the RV. You get funny content doing that. Um, also, I wanted to definitely get us on TV. So I either wanted to dress like old school Yankees, like baggy kind of gray, yep. you know, um, or uh, dress like New York stereotypes. So like oh, Scott, funny wear Tim's or something. Scott's in a wife beater and a chain, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're in Tim's. How out of place in the in the fields of Iowa would that have been? It would have been hilarious. I had like a billion ideas, and who knows? Maybe we'll do them, and maybe they'll still be funny, or maybe someone will steal them. Whatever. Um, maybe the sun will explode tomorrow. Uh, but we did get some good news, so let's start off with let's start off with some good news. We're gonna be excited. We're gonna be happy. We got some Yankees injury news, and this is Nick's favorite thing. Because Nick likes to be excited about guys getting healthy, mad about guys who aren't healthy enough, and just 
unhappy with the way Boone answers questions. And everything in between. So, yeah, good update number one is James Paxton. Uh, Boone was asked about him today on MLB Network Radio and said Paxton would be game ready in about 10 days to two weeks. So, obviously, if the season starts July 1st, He's going to be game ready. He's going to be good to go. Lines up with the late May. I mean, it's early like June if, timeline that we've been told. If they open spring training tomorrow, he would just be a member of spring training. Yeah, I don't think he'd have any restrictions. And I mean, he had this. What was it February or, or end of January? It was. Yeah. It was a while back, and the whole time it was mid May to early June. And you know, here we are. Like you said, it's Cinco de Mayo, so he's basically right on schedule, and he's thrown five, five bullpens. Bullpen. It sounds like he's good to go. That's one of the things that. I mean, I had no idea. I just assumed, you know, he's throwing. But when you hear like, oh, he's gone out there and thrown five bullpens. And I view a bullpen as like, it's different than like, oh, he's out throwing. He's moving around. He's doing baseball activities. Uh, Throwing a bullpen is a sense. It gives me a sense of normalcy that like you're going out there to execute these pitches, work on these specific things, which are much more fine tuning than can your back throw and it's at least 25 pitches at at a pretty high you know effort level you yeah. would think oh yeah no definitely so that's good news i mean the next time that there's baseball james paxton will be there so yeah we can kind of cross him off the list of is he going to be ready yeah like for uh, game one officially not just like you're unofficial like unofficially in my head i've always just been like yeah he's going to be fine because of this delay but like now it's official he's fine yep so that was good and then the most complex guy the most uh, what i think is the most is the guy with the weirdest injury issues is aaron hicks so aaron hicks you know he's got a, a tweaky back he's out for three months but then he comes back early miraculously from a serious elbow injury and it's a three-run homer in the playoffs the guy's all over the place uh he did have the tommy john at the end of october uh he has been doing soft toss from both sides of the plate and throwing at 90 feet doesn't have a timeline on him but i would say early july if somebody put a gun to my head on hicks um i i think like hicks the fact that he's throwing more than 90 feet, like, that's great. Is Hicks going to un- be uncorking him from center field and gunning guys out at the plate? Like, who knows? He may never do that again. Like, he's not going to Bernie Williams arm, but he might, you know, just not be Aaron Hicks. And he's just a very, you know, he's a very good baseball player. Um, and that's significant because he it, could be his ready. arm strength is his calling card. I mean, he's got a cannon. He's Arm strength was his calling card. I think like that's what got him in the door. But I think he's shown that like he belongs. His patience at the plate, ability to draw walks, see a lot of pitches, the occasional power um, is like has kept him there. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there are guys, you know, Billy Hamilton. I mean, he lasted a while in the league. Uh, He might even still be in the league for all I know. But like he was just super fast. You know, that was his thing. Super fast. That got him the chance. And then he did more things. And that's what I feel like Hicks has done with his arm. Foot in the door, yeah. And and Cashman loves his patience at the plate, the ability to switch hit. I think he's their only he's their only switch hitter at this point. I think so. Yeah. Um, so that you know, that's obviously a commodity. But yeah, I mean, even if his arm is eighty percent of what it was, that's still pretty good compared to other center fielders. So, yeah, and so I don't think it'll be eighty. I just mean in terms of like if if Ju- July 1st, and we'll talk about this, if July 1st, the baseball season starts, <laughs> um, I don't see Aaron Hicks airing it out. But if they've had a spring training, 
that has gone from June 10th. Like, I think he's participated and gotten at bats, and there's no minor league to send him to. And if there's expanded rosters, you know, if there's 30, if it's 30 rosters, are there 30, if there's 30 man rosters, are there 30 people better than Aaron Hicks, who's maybe would have been doing a stint in Scranton at this point? Right, right. And the whole, obviously, the whole minor leagues are, are shaken up. So it does, does put some uncertainty there on where he will be. Yeah. On July 1st. The other thing is, I think I want people to kind of pump the brakes. I mean, Didi came back like six months on the dot. He came back pretty much as quickly as you can come back from Tommy John as a position player. And I'm not expecting Aaron Hicks to be, you know, in that top 1% of the recovery time like Didi was. Didi was back early June. I mean, he was back very quickly. Yeah, Didi came back quickly. His arm also a big benefit. But Didi also was in a contract year. That right, Hicks right. doesn't have to worry about. So I think on top of like rushing back, um, there's just added pressure that like because it's not even like oh I'm going into a contract year. Maybe I had a rough April. Let me find my groove. Let me clear my head. Like you're in the shit. In, it's the All Star break. In like you know you're batting 170 and it's the All Star break. All of a sudden you got to turn it around. In a contract year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's always going to be, there's always going to be pressure on Hicks. And I feel like with Hicks, the fan base, he's a guy, the fan base is very split on the analytics. People love him. And, and you know, a lot of the traditional fans, I think don't like him. Cause you know, you could say, well, he hits 235, and that stinks, but he's also a great defender and he gets on base a ton and he does flash that badass power sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he has been forced because of injuries to, bat higher up in the order than you'd like. You know, he's yes. he's been batting fifth or he he's hit cleanup. Um and last year, yeah, he did hit two thirty five, but like, you know, the year before that it was a little closer to two fifty. Year before that, two sixty six. Um but we you know, we haven't seen him, you know, give us hundred and fifty games. You know, he did one thirty seven in in two thousand eighteen. Um but like that, he's a number eight hitter. Like that's he's a center fielder who bats eighth or ninth. Yeah. In football, sometimes they talk about combine guys, like with the measurables, like Hicks is fast, he's strong, he's athletic, he has a cannon for an arm. Like he has all the measurables there. It just seems like sometimes, you know, he goes into these funks kind of mechanically, but he definitely seems like if he were a football player, I think he'd kind of be referred to as a combine guy because the tools are all there. Yeah, I mean, it's like a guy who's got all the tools in his garage. He just doesn't know how to, like, build anything. Yeah. Right. Still putting it. Like, yeah, and it, it may come together because, I mean, he's going to be 30 this year. So maybe it's not all going to come together, you know, in as like a superstar. But, you know, he, he as he gets older, he, the speed's going to go. He stole one base last year. Um, and the Yankees just don't steal. I mean, that's yeah. another thing. You can't even look at stolen bases because Cashman just doesn't believe in it. <laughs> but in 60, 59 games, he had 31 walks. The year before, he had 90 walks. Um, so he sees a lot of pitches, which is always – I mean, that's what made us successful in the late 90s. Um, you know, you get to bullpens. We have a strong bullpen. A lot of the league doesn't. So, like, get to the bullpens and then see what damage you can do. Uh, ab absolutely. And the other thing with Hicks, remember, there aren't that many great center fielders around baseball. It's a tough position to find a stud similar, you know, the way I talk about Sanchez as a catcher. There's not that many good ones. So, you know, makes him a little bit more valuable. 
Um, and, and and for ten million dollars a year, like that's not that's not bad at all. Like it's not a bad deal if he was healthy, if he was actually just playing, if he was putting up like the his career numbers where he's a career two thirty six hitter, um, for ten million dollars was playing good defense and walking a lot and you know getting on base at you know almost you know three thirty, you take that and you just go all right like great. You know, $10 million, that's my number eight hitter. My number eight hitter just hit, you know, 25 home runs. And that contract was the ultimate fair compromise. Very rarely do you get a contract where it's like, wow, that was fair and perfect for both sides. But this really was because Cashman was saying, okay, here's the long-term security. You're going to get $70 million. You could probably get more per year on the open market if you wanted to wait, but we're going to take care of you now. And Cashman knows that if Hicks, even if he only plays a hundred games and, and hits 250 and does this thing with the OBP and the defense, he's, he's making that work at 10 million. It's really not a lot annually. No, it's a great deal. And at the same time, like, at a certain point, like you know who you are, and right, you've got all these tools, and you haven't been able to fully piece it together to be like a stud. You know, oh holy shit, Aaron Hicks is a free agent. You know, mm-hmm. they offer you generational money, seventy million dollars a year. You don't have to worry about a contract again until you're thirty-five years old. So then, who knows even you know what you're doing if you're doing anything. And you've changed the lives of your entire family. Like, great. You just take that. And that's like just a rational, you know, you don't need more money than that. But. Oh, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine with the 70 million. And then obviously the other part of our outfield sounds like Giancarlo is, is a full go. This doesn't surprise me. He had his calf strain, I think, was the end of February, and it was supposed to be pretty minor. So it would be a bigger story if he wasn't fine at this point, I think. Yeah, he would. I mean, Boone pretty much said, like, yeah, opening day, like, he would have been good. Right. Yeah, it was very – he was knocking on the door there. So that that's no surprise there. And now for him, it's okay. No more setbacks. You know what I mean? No more strains. No more pulling up lame. Nothing else sore. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of DH because of that. Yeah, just don't do anything too crazy. Um, hopefully, he guys like him are getting in. I would assume they're getting in cage work. Uh, you know, pretty much all over. Whether they're in California or um, you're in Tampa, and then it's like, yeah, see a couple live pitches, but like you don't need to be out there doing a ton of shit. No, no. And I, and I think just the, especially when you think about kind of the reserve outfielders the, Yankee ha- the Yankees have and how good they are defensively with guys like Talkman and Gardner, there's really no reason for him to be playing a ton of a ton of outfield defensively. Not that he's a bad outfielder, but they have some elite defenders behind him on the depth chart. Yeah, I mean, at DH, you could have him or Andujar, you know. Yeah. In left field, you could have him or you could have Gardner. And it's like, you know, I'd rather have him at the DH. I'd rather have Gar- I'd rather have Gardner in the outfield over and Duhar at DH if I've got a like essentially that's what you're picking. Yeah, I would too. And I also think I think this isn't really being talked about, but I do think Andujar is going to get some games at third base when Gio needs a rest or if somebody gets hurt. Like I don't think he's done as a third baseman. I just think Gio is going to be the primary guy moving forward. I still think Miggy will get some reps there. Yeah, I mean, guys need days off. You got to keep it. It helps build value. You know, yeah, 
So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, yeah, that's G. And then our boy, you know, our, our large adult son, the savior, number 99, Aaron Judge. Really, really no update. So I'm going to read this word for word. This is from Eric Boland. And I know I sent this to you kind of right before we started recording. So this is pretty funny. So th- this is the timeline of Boone's updates on <laughs> Aaron Judge's right rib. March 25th, Aaron Boone said it was still in the healing phase. April 23rd, Boone says he's using this time to continue to heal. And then today he said, hopefully this time down allows that rib to heal properly. So it's healing. We just don't know the pace or really any update at all, I guess. That's a kind of like, listen, I gave you I gave you three nice things. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's hilarious. It's There's hilarious. A pande- Boone's funny, man. There's a pandemic going on. I am not a doctor in any way. Just leave me alone. I'm here to tell baseball players how to be better at baseball. I can't tell you anything else. There's a pandemic. Like that's what that answer is. And I texted that to my dad too, the same, the same screenshot. And he was like, Boone either has no idea or they're trying to hide something. And I just think he has no idea because judge isn't exactly forthcoming about his health anyway. I'm sure Boone just doesn't really know. And judge might not even really know. I like there's a certain point I would imagine in the recovery where it's just like he's just got to go play baseball. He's got to do more stuff than he can do right now because I don't even know where Judge is like geographically. Yeah, I would guess California, but who knows? Yeah, like I mean if I was him I'd go to California. Mm-hmm. He's still like a youngish guy. It's not like oh well I've got my family, you know, wherever I want them like he's you know, he doesn't have a <laughs> wife and kids. And his parents, I'm sure, still live on the West Coast, I yeah, think. They, yeah, they do. So yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. He's probably back like in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. If I would think if I'm Aaron Boone, if I'm Aaron Judge, I took like my in- some pocket of endorsement money at some point and I just bought a house like down the block from my parents. So like when I want to go there, I don't have to stay in their house, but like exactly. down the block. Yeah, you know, same neighborhood. Or, I would imagine, yeah, close. you know, and I just imagine most of California is just like cookie cutter, like the neighborhoods, all the same thing, like the show Weeds. Yeah. Um, I actually, I should rewatch that. I didn't watch, I watched like the first three seasons. That's next. I'm watching True Blood now. Okay. You're getting into it. You just put a funny image, image into my head of like Judge moving back into his childhood room in a bed that's way too small and yeah. coming downstairs looking for pancakes in the morning. Like, yeah, you can't house. be the starting right fielder for the Yankees in quarantine <laughs> in your parents' house. Nah, nah, that's against, that's against some unwritten rule. But I mean, of those four, that's three out of four updates that are really good. And Judge is obviously the most serious one and the one that we're going to kind of continue to wait on. The other timelines, pretty straightforward. They're all pretty good to go. And, and, Look, Judge kind of holds the key to the season. He's their most important player. He's the guy that makes the engine go. He's the guy that brings the swagger. Uh, so it's very important that we get him at some point. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're not going to have him by – like there there has to be a point where either he's going to get better or he's not going to get better and we have to start thinking about next year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if it's if it's mid July and the and Boone's given these same updates and he's not he's not hitting, I mean, that's really bad. <laughs> it's almost yeah. a year from the injury. I um, wonder what like Tanaka's doing because he's just like in Japan and doesn't give a fuck. I bet he's throwing a you know he's throwing every five days and and then he's just probably maybe going to the studio, hanging out at the music <laughs> studio with his wife. I don't I don't know. 
<laughs> the Tanaka mixtapes what we need for the off season. <laughs> I went I did roll call with the the 161 kids. Yeah. And um they did their you know they did their intro or whatever. Mm. And then they did I forget what Tanaka says in like the car commercial that they made where he's like ready to uh. go. So they <laughs> both they were like, "Yeah, so today we're talking about Tanaka." And then they both went, "Ready to go." Or um but they did it with Asian accents and like over each other at the same time. So the show just starts with be like, what racist shit did you guys just pull me into? <laughs> like, I just met you guys and you're like, I can't understand what you're saying. Yeah. Met you guys on a video power hour a week ago. And now yeah. here we are. And now here we are just being fucking boys. Dude. So we did that power hour of Yankee highlights for anyone who didn't catch it. It's somewhere on Facebook for, uh, on the Bronx Pinterest Facebook. A bunch of us did it. And remember I mentioned, um, I was like, yeah, in college, like we used to do Gretzky's because a bunch of people were like, I've never done a power hour. And I was like, we used to do Gretzky's 99. <laughs> and you guys were like, that's insanity. Like, that's crazy. I was talking to my buddy who lives in London and he was like, he's in like a group chat with like 30 people I went to college with that I refuse to join because I'm like, I just don't need that many messages. I'm very like, I'm anal about like who I talk to. Like I don't want to be in a chat with people who I don't really care what's going on in their life. Like if I honestly do not care, I don't need to see it. Um turns out these dudes are doing a Gretzky every week. I mean, it's a fun, I guess on it's Zoom. a fun quarantine. On thing, Zoom, but, but like 35 as shit. Like Yeah, right. I guess I, they're your I, age, but still Apparently I, I'm in on Saturday. Like I'm gonna be on a Zoom doing a fucking oof. Gretzky. Cause, cause a power hour is a lot. Like I can't imagine it's doing another filling. another forty. Yeah, it's so filling. Oh, so I might do a Gretzky this weekend. Um, the the Yankee highlights help to kind of like distract from it, but but by like yeah, by I mean thirty five, forty, you're full. Yeah, you just want to get up and move around, <laughs> and it just keeps coming at you quicker and quicker. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, ninety nine, ninety nine. That's something. It's a lot. Um, yeah. So it sounds like if we went to have a baseball season and it were to start soon june 10th ish everyone would be at spring training doing something yes which is key aren't you excited just to see them on the spring training field again like i would do anything just to watch them take bp no oh i so i had a question let's yeah. say you individually Mm-hmm. have to stay quarantined like this where it's like oh, you can go to the store but like you can't go to a bar you can't go to a restaurant for the remainder of the calendar year but baseball is back on TV absolutely I would take that okay baseball's back you can watch anything except the New York Yankees then no no okay I'm just, just curious. I mean, I'm sitting around all day just thinking like uh, these scenarios. And it's, it, you know what I realized? It, people were getting all excited last night. And we'll talk about about the KBO and live baseball being back. And I didn't really care because I realized I miss our guys more than I miss baseball. I, I like the Yankees more than I like baseball. I think, I think as you get older, it just becomes like you start to realize like I actually don't even really like baseball that much. I like the Yankees. Right. <laughs> I don't even like the guys. I like the laundry. Like, I'm 35. I'm like, I just care about the fucking laundry. I don't give a shit about these players. Yeah. Uh, 
Interesting. Um, now, and it's like I love playing. Like I play softball in a, in a rec league. Like I still love playing the game when I can and when it's available. But yeah, in terms of would I sit down and watch a, a Royals Tigers game for three hours? No, never. No, and I think about it. Like I remember in college, and even up until like after college, it was like, oh, there is on MLB Network starting in like late February. Every morning, there's some baseball game on that they played the day before. They're just replaying it. Mm-hmm. Tigers, Royals, spring training, like whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to throw that on in the background while I'm getting ready. But like, it's some baseball. Now yeah. it's like, oh, God, I'd never. I could never. And it's such a different game, whereas the NBA, everybody likes watching kind of the individual players. And the NFL is just a national game with fantasy football. And baseball still, it's a regional, it's a regional game. It's St. Louis, Boston, New York, the Dodgers. But it's not a national, it's not everybody in the country tuning in to one game. It's just a regional thing. And I think it, it's, it's never going to change. It's also tough to get that big game feel. Right, right. Especially with 162. But if we, if, look, if we have only 81 this year, there's going to be a lot more games where you have a big game feel if it's cut in half i mean that that's how it goes all right so i mean we've delayed for like half this show talking about it so but first there's no nba nhl or mlb and so you think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack they're bringing vegas to you missing the nfl no problem BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Go support Bet Online. They've been supporting us. It's a tough time for everyone involved in sports, so go support them. But if that's not enough, and guys, you're looking to last longer, maybe go a few extra rounds, get on BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got some the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You could take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping again. B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code BlueWire. So there you go. Do some Throw gambling. that in a little icebreaker or Altoid box, you know, in the Uber on the way home from the bar. You know, you offer. What kind food. of fucking date rape move is this, Nick? Oh, for you to eat. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just didn't expect you to be like, yeah, fucking pop that in there. Hey, I've had a lot of time to think just like just like you have. We're Dude, reading these ads. Just here. pop it in while you're at the bar. Start bumping in the people. <laughs> See what happens. Go a few extra rounds. I like that. Like I started reading it. I like just you're a like, boxer. Like, like you're a championship fighter. I'm just like no. It's all. I'm just like 35. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> what do you do? I bet quarantine started. Now, I mean, 
I don't want to dive too much into your personal life, but you've been with your girlfriend for a little bit. I bet there are so many couples that are like, ah, we've been dating like six months. We should just quarantine. We're just going to fuck nonstop because they thought it was going to be like two weeks. And now <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, I'd fucking push you in front of a truck to get out of this. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to see the studies. I'm sure at some point we'll see a BuzzFeed, you know, 50 50- Six percent of couples are doing this or or Dude, whatever, but I'm sure we'll we'll see some data on that. Chafing, too. chafing's got to be through the roof. Just so much chafing, oh, yeah, big bl- time. Oh man, a lot of people getting into amateur porn out of this too. I mean, well, uh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be every like weird stuff going on. A lot of like, I don't know what the subscription is, like what the numbers are, but like just based off like personal like people who I know. Like, girls are just like, fuck it. I'm making an OnlyFans. Like, I got laid off. I'll show you my tits for some money. For it's money, cra- yeah. It's crazy. That's capitalism, man. That's, yeah. It's wild. <laughs> that's it right there. Wild times. Wild times. Um, All right. So let's talk about it. Trevor Plouffe. You buying it? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no. I mean, everybody. So... Trevor Plouffe yesterday on Monday tweeted out that he's got it from a reliable source that Major League Baseball is opening up spring training 2.0 on June 10th with games starting in the homes in like with play teams starting in their stadiums. There were so many people who like replied like, how's every team going to be in a home stadium? Who are they going to play? Shut up, dummy. <laughs> um, so half the league will be in their home stadiums. And they are going to start the season on July 1st. No, I don't see it happening. So a couple things here. One, I do not. Uh, Trevor Plouffe has followed me on Twitter for a while. Um, so there's just a certain thing of like, ah, that dude followed me, you know, when I was nobody. Not that I'm anybody now. So, like, I'm not going to say anything bad about him. Um, but he's a retired baseball player who recently signed and started doing a podcast with John Boy. Other, like, mainstream media is saying, no, this isn't true. Keith Law was like, this just isn't a thing. Uh, apparently, Plouffe has had a number of things right already on podcasts. I don't know what they are, because I don't know what's happened in the world that he's been could have been right on. But let's just say is. I just think whoever told him this, it was either like this is a goal or it's one of the things in play. I just don't see it as a thing that's going to happen. And really what I want is, like I said last week, like I'm tired of going through slapdick reporters. Rob Manford, just say, here's what we're working towards. Not here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're working towards. Because then you can also say, this is what we need from society. Like, stop picketing outside of Baskin Robbins (laughs) that you need to get your fucking hair done. That's what Rob Manfred needs to say. And then, yeah, there you go. Fucking 4th of July. No, absolutely. This feels very similar to, I don't know if you remember the Dan Clark, Manny Machado thing, or even Peter Gammons. Dan Clark is calling out Keith Law for saying Plouffe is wrong. Talk about full circle. I, I was just like, this is a circle jerk of fucking stupid. 
it's so dumb. And I think a lot of times it's easy for these guys that are semi-connected like Ploof is to basically just take an educated guess. Look, if you asked anybody who follows baseball, I'm sure most people would guess, yeah, around July 1st to take an outcome that's, that's fairly likely that you have a shot at the same way Dan Clark took a shot on Machado. He was wrong. Peter Gammons took a shot on Garrett Cole. He was right, but you take an educated guess. And if you end up being right, great, you're a hero. But until Jeff Passan or Ken Rosenthal says something, I'm not buying any of this. It's got to come from one, one of them. In until my Rob Manford fucking calls me himself. I don't believe it's happening. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I don't think it was even taking a shot. I think like so this was going around this weekend, like before he said anything on Saturday, it was making its rounds that like this is the plan. there's chatter. Yeah, there's yeah. been chatter from reliable sources. And so like, are they going to work towards that? Yes. Fully believe that. Sure, that's the goal. Yeah. Is it going to happen? No. We just had, as a nation, our highest death total like three days ago. And you're telling me in one month, we're going to have Major League Baseball players back and forth. The rest of the New York metro area is plateauing and numbers are starting to go down. Everywhere else in the country, it's going up. Still going up, still going up eight weeks in. And, and yeah, it's just the, the reason I hate these updates is they're like, yeah, I think this is going to happen, but it all contingents upon testing in the coronavirus. It's like no shit. It's like when the, the tarps on the field and they're like, we hope to start this game at eight. But, you know, it depends on the rain. Like, thanks. That that, that completely makes it a moot point at that point. I like think. in general, like they're looking to open June 10th. No, they're not. They're looking to open tomorrow and the next day and the next day ASAP. and the next day. Yeah, ASAP. The problem is, like, if you, if I bring up this to anyone, so like when Ploof did, I quote tweeted and was like, "This would be great," but I'd love to hear like the league actually say, "Just say here's what we're working towards." Um, and then there are people who are just like, "Of course, you got to be fucking negative about it." Like, yeah, I want fucking baseball. I want baseball back. I want to go out. I want to go to a bar. I want to go to the beach. I want to go to a restaurant. I want to go to all these things. And if you want to have your fucking head in the sand of like, well, fucking Trevor Ploof said it's going to happen. So it's definitely going to happen. <laughs> like, get out of here with that shit. I, like, good. Stay home. If everyone stays home, this could happen or whatever it is you have to do in places where you can be open. If you need to fucking go out there and get your fucking hair done, like, go do it. But. If you could like just stay home a little bit or not go to a park in fucking the West Village, like you just see these pictures every weekend. And then on top of that, what I've heard is Manford is trying to get the governors on board and he's leveraging the owners like Manford can't just call Cuomo. He's got to get like the Steinbrenners to do it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's there, so that no guy's not getting anything done. That's a bitch. You're a bitch, Manford. Look, I learned my lesson with Dan Clark that if it's not if it's not one of the top two guys and it's a guy that's semi connected or he used to play or he used to cover this team or used to do this. Look, I'm sure he does know some guys around the league. I'm sure he knows some guys in front offices. But now till, till one of the big guys says and you're waiting for Manfred, I'm cool with with passing a Rosenthal. You're only cool with Manfred. I so need, you got a higher bar than me. I want an official statement. Give yeah, me a fucking an MLB statement. And you know what? And I'm a big like you don't owe anything to like that. Like nothing's really owed to fans like, you know, from teams. Like, yeah, you go out there and you play. I feel baseball does owe us because if you bought any tickets like they're holding our money hostage. 
Oh, yeah, I know. So, like, know. you know, any tickets you bought for the season, like, you're holding my money hostage. So now, or, you know, oh, hey, we're going to offer a 10% increase. If you, it's like, yo, let me hold that. Like, you're asking to borrow money from me. Tell me what the fuck is going on. Where's, yeah, you know, if you can't tell me where my money is or where I'm going to have it, then fucking tell me what's going on, how I'm going to get my money's worth. And that goes for us. It goes for the guys that work in the stadium. It goes for the bartenders at Billy's or anybody that that's connected to this and plans their life around the season. Like we do, like employees do, like a lot of people do. And because we're getting around to So it's May 5th now as, as we sit here and talk. But um, May 31st is as far as like teams have now committed to paying people. Yes, yes. So this is all going to come up again soon. And then there's, you know, the shame, you know, owners who aren't paying, you know, who are deciding not to or the A's weren't going to. Um, and then they got like bullied into it. But like the Rays furloughed people and laid some people off. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's just like the chips just start to fall for like more guys are going to have to do that. You know, the a- like, yo, you got the A's to do it this month. But are they going to pay fucking parking lot attendants when there's no games? No. At a certain point, right. you can't just hand out money. You don't become a billionaire by giving out money. Especially those small market teams that don't have a ton of wiggle yeah. room on that side of the business anyway. Now that we're sitting here and spitballing around it, it almost sounds like July 1st is – you know, the reason all these guys are predicting it and saying this is that's kind of the latest that you can go and have a normal season. Yes. You can't – You can't even – even you start in August 1st, you have 50 games is not – I think you need to get at least 80. It's got to be at least half – my number is 80 in terms of having a, you know, whatever. So I, I just think that's that's kind of like the, the breaking point. Because you also run into like, you know, the World Series can go into like Thanksgiving and shit like that. One, you don't know about a second wave. Uh, but two, you're going up against like football and shit. And football is going to beat you. And then you've got, I don't know how contracts are worded, but if it just like, Oh, well, we played this fucking weirdo season and we can show this game or we could show regular NFL football. They're the networks are going to show football and not pay the, the league. So like well, probably, so but far. baseball fans will still I don't know the World Series. I, I still think people would watch. But but so even yeah, you're if, talking about maybe five, six games that people are still going to watch. Right. But even if this does get delayed, you you can't go past you can't go into the week of Thanksgiving like like World Series game seven would have to be out of whatever November 17th, November. Like you can't really get into late November. You know, you can't be playing game seven of of the World Series on Thanksgiving Eve. So you kind of have a hard deadline to get everything done by, let's say, what, November 20th. I get everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've also got so the way I look at like the calendar is you need to give you have to give players they try to like hint towards like we told you know we told everyone to like be ready you have to give them 10 days notice to report to report yeah, yeah. to wherever like, yeah, hey yeah. this is what we're going to do this is official because i i mean regular companies I don't know if your job has, but like most places have said like, yo, we're going to give you two weeks notice for when you come back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, obviously if you need an extension on working from home because like childcare is not open yet or whatever, like we'll figure that all out. But I think as a matter, because it 
it's a pandemic. You're dealing with people coming from other countries and shit like that. You have to give at least 10 days notice. So by the end of this month, if this ploof plan is going to happen, you know, I think we're, you know, we're 25 days away from an official announcement. Yeah. And we're going to hear something by the end of, by the end of May, regardless, because of that payment deadline and just because of the sheer timeline of it, of, of getting guys ramped up. And, and it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see on the pitching side, because we haven't really gotten any, I mean, I know we've seen those Instagram videos of Adovino or Cole throwing a, a couple of pitches here and there, but we really have no idea what these guys are doing. I'm sure they're doing something, but they, they can't be built up for regular season work at this point, you would think. I mean, it's such a weird no, spot for them to be no, in. No, I think they'll, you know, no matter what it is, they'll carry extra pitchers. Because they'll carry extra players because of injuries, but they'll carry definitely extra pitchers because guys aren't going to be stretched out yet. Um, it's just different. You know, yeah, you can get some work in, but it's like how much work can you really get in where there's not someone just trying to get a hit off you? Um right. You you need at a certain point like your body is just used to that clock and you need to start that clock up, um, and I think once you start you know if you tell people like hey you got like ten days or whatever it is, like they start to ramp up, like they'll start to really ramp up what they're doing. I think right now is like if let's say based on where spring training, I mean I'm sure there are guys who are probably at a hundred percent of like I can play a regular season game tomorrow when everything's shut down. But even if they're like, ah, we're at like 75%, we're really going to ramp it up over the next week, then cruise the last week into the season. Um, I think now you've lowered that down to like a 50, like a 40, and you're just keeping it there. You're keeping it on a simmer. You're maintaining. And guys are going to be at such different, such different levels. I mean, you got to remember the other thing, not all of these guys have these elaborate training facilities at their at their home that they, they, they can do everything like the guys that are you know we talked about the guys making the minimum the guys that aren't really veterans yet like they might just be going to a a park and throwing with their buddy you know you don't know what these guys are doing yeah that's i mean when you've got these like quadruple a players these guys who there will be under this system there will be no minor leagues this year so there's nowhere for them to go other than with an expanded roster be on the team. I don't know how they stay ready because they don't have – like you said, like they don't have multi-million dollar contracts. Maybe they got some gym near them where they can train or whatever. They have a sponsorship deal. But it's – not all of them have that. Right. Like no, some of them, absolutely. Some of these guys – I mean I'm talking across the league. Um, some of these guys may not even just have a place in America that they live. You know, like you, they live somewhere else in the offseason. Maybe they just switched teams. So it's like, I'm going to go to spring training and I got like, you know, I'm going to get an apartment in Chicago, whatever it is. If I get, if I would have made the roster, but I'm probably going to be in Scranton living above a funeral home. Right now, we've we've talked about that funeral home in Scranton. Now, yeah, it's really everybody's in in such a different boat, and and obviously we only see the good stuff. We see Garrett Cole playing catch with his beautiful wife at his beautiful mansion in in Greenwich, and everything's hunky dory. But not everybody has a setup like that. Yeah, it's so. I mean, that's gonna be an issue. Scott Boris wants it open, like he wants spring training facilities opened ASAP. He his whole thing is we need to get everyone there, get them in there. You could stagger it, you know, whether it's like, you know, teams, not everyone shows up the same day, or you can have, you know, pitchers show up early, whatever it is, 
but he just wants everyone there working out, being ready to go so that it's not a like, hey, you've got 10 days. Okay, now we're going to ramp this up. More of just like, let's just start working out now. And then almost at the drop of a hat, we're going to start a Major League Baseball season. That guy's not in it for the money. Dude, I, I'm with Boris, man. I, I know like he makes it so clear. He doesn't care about the world. He doesn't care about people's health. There's some random Joe Schmo on the street. He cares about Garrett Cole's elbow and Anthony Rendon's hamstring. Like he cares about his guys getting ready for the season. And that's it. That guy is so laser focused. But I do think he made some good points about Americans just needing something to watch and needing a distraction. The whole mental health side of things. Of yeah. having something to look forward to. So, I mean, we've joked like, huh, huh, you know, like it's depressed, we're depression, we're going crazy, but like a lot of people kind of are. Okay. So I get that. Um, but we've got YouTube and Amazon Prime and Netflix and 7,000 channels and Hulu. And there are 1 billion things to watch right now. And, like, none of us have to worry about getting drafted to a war. Like, things have been dramatically worse than they are right now. You're right. And so, like, as Americans, it's just, it's not that bad. Like, things aren't that bad. And a lot of the, like, at least in my opinion, a lot of the open, uh, we need to open this shit up right now, is not people, like, it's not the people who work at Baskin Robbins who are like, we need to open Baskin Robbins. (laughs) I love it's that the, you keep using basketball. It's the people who want to go to bed because there's a fucking <laughs> picture that's gone viral of a woman protesting outside of Baskin Robbins. It's and like it's, a mediocre chain of ice cream. And it's just like, I didn't realize there was a 31 in the logo. <laughs> there's a lady straight up. It She's holding a, she's holding an American flag. And a, like a cardboard thing. And she's got, a, it looks like a cup of coffee behind it. I don't know if this is a Dunkin' Donuts Baskin Robbins. It's, but I only see Baskin Robbins. And it just says, give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> no mask, just out yelling. And that's, Of course no mask. And that's when you get all your knowledge of American history from Rocky Four and Ted Cruz's Twitter. Like, that's where you end up. <laughs> uh, no. That's, and yeah, it's not the people that are working there. And I've been, like, I go to go to target for my groceries and you can tell the workers are just, they're so overwhelmed. They're so stressed out They're They're at risk every day. They're making $10 an hour. Like they're getting no reward out of it. I feel like things have gotten better at stores. Like there was the initial like kind of rush and everyone was really scared. But then I now think like everyone's got masks on. I don't know. I feel like it's a little more relaxed, but um, yeah, I'd be at target. I go to target and I'd hear like target employees yelling at customers. Like, because if someone came in and gave, you know, people are dicks to the, to like employees. Oh, yeah. I don't blame them at all. You give a little bit of attitude. I just heard this lady go, yo, I am here, not with my family, so you can buy your shit. Do not be rude to me. And it's like, what are you going to do, Target? Fire this lady? She'll probably make more money on unemployment right now. Right, right. Right. That's exactly right. No, yeah. I don't blame them at all for being exasperated and having to deal with all of them. I mean, there's a lot of scumbags in this country that are going into targets and Walmarts and, you know, probably, probably being a pain in the ass, but, uh, yeah, thank you to them. We got our free. So McDonald's is doing the free, free meals for frontline, uh, you know, healthcare workers, cops, firefighters, all that stuff. So, you know, we were able to go yesterday, um, 
and get our get some free McDonald's. Uh, oh, I forgot that Jamie is. I'm like, what are you doing? Ripping off the yeah, system? No, 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 no. no, no. I and forgot. I, yeah. Jesus. No, they were so they were so stingy about it. So she's she picked me up like from work. She's wearing her scrubs and a mask. Like it's clear that she works at a hospital. And they they ask her for they ask her for ID. It's like, okay, fine, you need to see the ID. Then we pull around and they forgot, they forgot one of the burgers. And they're like, and Jamie's like, Yeah, you forgot one of the McDoubles. And she's like, Okay, can I see your receipt? And it's like, yo. Just give us the fucking burger. <laughs> what what um, McDonald's did you go to? It was the uh, it was the one by you. Oh, I've never been at like I don't not go inside. We did drive through. No, me I mean purpose. I can't. I'm just like afraid of that. All like you could get secondhand heroin there. Yeah, it's I like, would never. I would not go inside it. And they were they were only open through drive through. But it yeah. was just like you know if they're doing this, let's I go mean, take it. Let's get drive through. But so you got to remember, like you look at that location location. They're probably getting just fucking scumbags nonstop. So like they've had it. They're probably going to yell at it. They got junkies they're shooing away. Like, so they ask more questions. They're having a rough day. It's so weird. Like half a block from there, right under the L there. I think now it's just going to be a bar. It was just supposed to reopen as a bar, but there was just this really seedy strip club there. Um, Fishtown? Yeah, that I never went to, but I know Anissa from MTV, the challenge used to strip there. (laughs) Ah, strip club in Fishtown. That's just it just sounds gross. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. There's actually a bunch of strippers that live in Fishtown. Um, they all work at Delilah's though. And well now they're on OnlyFans. Um Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think it's I just like I want this plan to happen, but it's just I'm not getting anything that tells me it's going. I don't have blind faith. I know people are and I could tell, like, you're three weeks ago. This came out, you'd be like, boom, that's it. We got a fucking plan. But now you've been scarred enough by like these, all these leaks that even you're like, I need some real info here. No, that's exactly right. And I was just thinking, you know, I wish I disagreed so that we could argue about this just for the sake of the pod. But yeah, how how could you, if you have half a brain, how could you buy this and get excited about it? Plus, it's just, it's when just it common comes, sense. When it's not a thread, and like, listen, I get it. He's new. He's new in this game. Uh, I think he's a funny guy from like all the stuff I've seen from him. But when it's Tre- Trevor Plouffe says this and then goes, I'll tell you all about it on my podcast. How can you? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I have nothing against the guy. To be honest, no, I, I didn't until yesterday. I didn't even know who he is. And I was texting with my buddy and he's like, he used to play for the Phillies. I was like, and I was like, who? I have nothing against the guy. I don't even know him. But his last name isn't passing a Rosenthal. So that's kind of where it ends for me. Yeah. He, um, I think he like he played in the big leagues and then went down to the minors and then ended up back up um like and then he like came back with the Phillies for a year. Um apparently he just I don't know what it is. He's got Yeah, they're just plugging it like on his podcast, which I get. But it is Look, fun. I want him to be right. I would be be thrilled to be wrong. This is one, you know, there's a lot of times in life where I'm like, I would love to be wrong and I'd love to be wrong here. I hope that, you know, Rob Manfred is his source and he knows and for some reason Passon doesn't know, but I wouldn't put money on it. No, no. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I want baseball. I just don't see it happen. We've got KBO on ESPN. Are did you, you I was going to say, did you did you watch that? No, dude. Right? I don't give a fuck who those guys are. I don't give a shit about that. That, and I get it. People are just like, if you're a baseball fan, like you, why it's baseball? I'm so excited. That's like just being like, yeah, no, I'm big into burgers at McDonald's. 
Like, no, it's like the sixth best option of baseball that you could watch in the world. No, exactly. And you talked about the thing of getting the real thing versus I used some weird. And it was it the uh, glory hole thing. Yeah, that, that, that this is a good example of that like this isn't even close to the solution that I want. I, I like I said, I would rather watch, you know, DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres play catch for three hours than watch th- these random guys play baseball that I've never seen at, at, at three in the morning at one a.m. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, get out of here, dude. I'm asleep. I'm well past asleep. Like, who the hell is staying up for that? And that was the best. I don't know if you looked at I glanced at the schedule. That's actually the best start time. Most of them start at like 3.30, 4, 5.30, like the worst time. Start at 5.30. I mean, maybe I'll catch like in the morning. I'll, I'll I was catch gonna say, what time two. do you what's your kind of sleep schedule? Like, what time are you up with the baby? I mean, that's up to the baby. She gets okay. to decide that. She, <laughs> okay. you know, there are some days where like there is the occasional time where it, it'll be like seven. I'll wake up and it's 7.30 in the morning and she's still asleep. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you That's dead? like amazing for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There are – there was a day last week. I believe it was last Wednesday. So it was after all of this. Maybe. Maybe it was Thursday where um, she was just up like 1 o'clock in the morning. And it's not even just being up. Babies make noise in their sleep. Whether they have little night terrors or whether they're mm-hmm. just gassy. Like sometimes she'll just be like, mm, 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 for like an hour. Then she'll fart and then it stops for 20 minutes because it was mm-hmm. just gas pain. So like it's up to her. I, I can. And then if she gets up in the middle of the night, she's never really hungry, but I could give her like a couple ounces of formula and she'll go back to sleep. Um, sometimes I guess she'll wake up at like six and I don't even like realize it and I'll wake up. And she's just next to me in bed because my wife has like brought her into the bed. Okay. She moves. What time do you go to bed? I I'm trying to go upstairs at like ten o'clock. Okay. Oh wow, that's pretty. Okay. I go to bed at like pretty much like ten o'clock. Like there's nothing late for me. Like I'm not. Like what is there for me after ten o'clock? Right. right. (laughs) It's a good way to put it. I just think everybody's sleep schedule is kind of messed up from this whole thing. Obviously, yours is going to be regardless because you have the kid. But but like everybody's that's kind of given me actually like normalcy. If I was um, if I was like 25 and I lived with like a couple of my buddies, I'd be on fucking like, yeah, whatever, whatever time. But like I've got two dogs like they have schedules. So like that keeps me kind of in line. I don't really drink at home. So I'm just like I'm getting That's structure. Yeah, I'm getting high and going to sleep. Like that that'll put mm-hmm. me to sleep. But yeah, no, there's nothing. I mean, once you're like married, you're in a serious relationship. Like, what the fuck are you up for? What, what, there's See, I nothing. I think it's kind of peaceful to stay. See, I think there's something peaceful about being up late and there's just and just doing whatever you want. And everybody else is asleep, and there's just kind of a calmness about it. The same way other people like being up early. And kind of getting a head start on the day, I kind of like winding down when everybody else is. See, I don't want either one of the extremes. <laughs> I'm just okay. like, I'll get up and yep. do stuff during the normal time of the day. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to sleep um, at a reasonable time that like a married father should. So like I don't, you know, start like DMing fucking girls, you know, <laughs> like what am I going to – that's all I ever did when I stayed up late was just like try – I was up just plotting getting laid. Like yeah. that's all yeah. I was doing. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about solving world peace. I was up just like, oh, how could I get my dick wet? You were you were reading about different uh, mutual funds or inventions no, or dude, here's what my move used to be, right? Um yeah. Facebook chat 
like came out when I was like 26 or something like that. And that's just the instant message yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, so then you just like hit a girl with a, yeah, no, I'm not quite sure. Or like something like that. And be like, oh shit, my bad. I didn't realize <laughs> like I hit the wrong person. Um, and then that just starts a dialogue like with some girl I haven't seen in like fucking six years from college. Uh, you would just, uh, the, the, it's like the accidental test on purpose. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. And then it's just like, but this is even easier because I don't even need your phone number. Like we connected right? because we <laughs> met at a fucking ever. frat party in 2004. <laughs> and now here we are. And it's, you know, 2010. <laughs> Or I clicked no. on the wrong yeah I clicked on the wrong name on my on my friends list. You know the only thing I hated about the Facebook uh, the Facebook Instant Messenger was it was kind of the downfall of uh, the AOL Instant Messenger, which is the original goat of. Oh my god! Yeah, I stopped. Oh god. I mean, I stopped using AIM like forever ago. Uh, I, I like I still used it into college, um, but then we got like Gmail, and you know, so it was just like G chatting people. Plus, like you're never really on a computer. But right. I went to Drexel. 2004 and that's when like facebook was starting you were fall wait sorry you were fall so i went to school fall 03 at manatee community college in florida to play baseball okay got hurt went to drexel fall 04 facebook had just started and drexel was in like the first group of like colleges outside the ivy league that had it so it was like very early on i was an early adopter of facebook like fucking love it i forget you can look up like based on your school because that's how it's like for people who got in when it it was was for college yeah yeah yeah. like what number you are i feel i'm in the first like thousand people at drexel who got it because you have like a user id number um and then you could just go meet a girl at like a party talk to her for three minutes maybe you make out maybe you don't whatever it is look her up on facebook she adds you you add her whatever it is and then your aim's right there and then you're just like boom what's up you want to come through the party yeah we have a party every thursday night da, 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 da. Uh, okay facebook Very was different. always about getting laid so you just talked a bunch about facebook and the thing that's sticking out to me from your story so i'm if i'm picturing this right you were fall freshman pledging during 04, during the collapse against the Red Sox. I cannot imagine anything worse than pledging during that. that so Drexel starts late. Like Drexel starts in September. Yes. Okay. Right, right. You guys so have your calendar. It, um, I don't remember if I had accepted a bid yet. I was definitely rushing during the playoffs. Rushing during the play. Interesting. Okay. And like, and that was my thing. Like I had what I had more of a New York accent than I do now. So I was just like, like knowing, you know, I, I, I was just New York. Like that defined me. I was in <laughs> Pennsylvania. My roommate was also from New York. Everyone else, it felt like at school knew knew each other or like some town, like all the suburban towns that just get thrown around. Exactly. Out exactly. Monaco, Delco. Yeah. Bryn Mawr. Yeah. All this shit. And I'm just like, Oh word. Out Times Square. You ever heard of it? Like, so yeah. the Yankees collapsing then was not great. And the dudes who live next door to me were Red Sox fans. And I had never met one in my life. Never met one. Well, that's the thing, and and you can confirm this because you're older than me and grew up in New York. I it doesn't. I don't remember Red Sox fans pre 04 
Like I don't ever. Well, no, remember. that's when the pink hats came out. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because yeah, I don't ever, I, I don't ever remember running into one, seeing one, and then you know, like Ortiz and Manny get gets people on the bandwagon. And now with Twitter, it's easier to you know find people and see people. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember meeting a Red Sox fan pre two thousand four either. Now keep in mind that's in Philly, and obviously I visited other places, but but yeah, I didn't know any um, pre oh four. Yeah, I mean, I like, I guess you see them at Yankee games when you're a kid, but like, I had never met one, especially growing up in right. New York. It was just, I knew like three Jewish people and they were Met fans. So mm. I just thought Jewish people were Met fans. And then everyone okay. else was a Yankees fan. Interesting. Um, yeah, that was the one. So I was pledging during the 2011, fall 2011, the playoffs where we, we lost to the Tigers in, in five games. And, and it's just, it was just such a different. Because I was kind of distracted with pledging, it almost like didn't hurt as much because I wasn't as invested. Because you really can't be um, w- when you're pledging. But yeah, that was that was the series for me. And I do remember watching Game Five, and I think they left like 500 runners on base in 2011. And they had a great squad that year, but I didn't get to watch as many games because obviously with the other commitments, and it was tough because like then you know as you're playing, um, you know as you're pledging, you hear shit from you know the brothers and then you know they want to throw in shit about the yankees and it's just yeah yeah but i also was like you know like i didn't give a shit about what anyone any of them said because i was just like you're philly trash probably like that was my big thing when i pledged was i straight up like told the president um when i rushed because it was like yeah you know you're gonna get a bid like you could tell um and i was just like yeah like Here's the thing, like I've heard all this shit because they had gotten in trouble for uh, hazing like a couple mm-hmm. times before. Yeah, so yeah. it's like a known thing. It's in the news. Um, and I was just like, yo, here's my thing. Like I'm down. Like whatever you guys, you yell at me, quiz me, whatever. Any motherfuckers touch me, I'm swinging. Anyone touches me, I'm swinging. And I don't care if the rest of you jump me and beat the shit out of me. You could kill me. But then like you're all done. You know, I, I am swinging because, you know, you do you get there was some hazing. So it was oh, like sure. when, you know, you're in a dark basement and guys are walking by you. I'm just like, yo, I'm ready. You, Someone touches me. I'm swinging. So, yeah, no, g- give him that. Give him that heads up. But yeah. no, it, it definitely changes everything. And, and like I said, that was the one that's the one season or the one playoffs I can remember that I was like distracted. And, and any other any other playoff season doesn't matter what was going on. ALDS game one, ALCS game three. Like that's what I'm doing that night. And that was kind of the only time in life that I couldn't. And that was, that was hard. Yeah. And I'm sure you kind of had that even with rush, you know, you have to, even when you're rushing, you have to kind of be committed and show up or whatever time schedule they're on. You know, the, the frats aren't planning around. It's also stupid when you look back at it, when you're just like, I can't believe I was trying to fucking impress this schmuck. Really? I know. I know. That's the way. And I let this guy yell at me and, yeah, lineups. I'd get yeah. in trouble when I was pledging because uh, I didn't have an issue telling, like, talking back. Like, there were guys who I was just like, yo, you're a, like some senior who would like say something to me, and like, you know, where he is in the social pecking order. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can get my shot in here. No one's going to have this guy's back. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah. You got to pick your shots. And I'd just spot. be like, yo, fuck you, nerd. Like, dude, no one likes you. You're about to graduate. You, you got no friends. You never got laid here. You're wasting your time. And then it's like, oh, this guy's going to fuck with me for like forever. But whatever. Got to do what you yeah. got to do. I had one dude like that. And anytime there was a big party and like everyone was headed somewhere, he would be like, yo, I need you to 
go do this for me. Like, I need you to go to 7-Eleven and get me a can of tuna fish. Like, that was just like, I remember specifically he did that one time. And then I came back and was like, oh, where is he? And someone was like, oh, he went to um, the, like, oh, he went to the party that you went to. So I fucking popped the, the can of tuna and dr- dripped it on his fucking bed. Ah, ew. I don't give a shit. That's what you do in college. You fuck with people's beds. Yeah, yeah. We had one dude in college who just no one liked. Literally, just no one liked him. And he was getting on everybody's fucking like case. Uh, And so what I started doing is I would just go in his bed. He lived on a top bunk. I would just flip his mattress over every day Uh for like 70 days. Every day he'd go, like he'd come back from class and his whole mattress would just be upside down. It's almost a full semester. Yeah. So I do this every day. And then he was like trying to figure out who it was. So he was like, he like figured out it was me or so he thought. So I had one of my roommates when he was specifically with me, I made sure he was next to me. Like he went to the kitchen or something and I fucking rushed downstairs. So I was like in the kitchen. Before he got there. And uh, my roommate went and flipped it. So he came back and it's like, fuck, dude, it wasn't you. And then I did more shit to piss people off. So then I started printing out like apartment listings and I'd flip over his mattress and I would fucking staple gun the apartment listings to the underside of the mattress. Yeah. Um, One time I flipped it and then I took like industrial saran wrap and saran wrapped. So now he's just got this cocoon that is his mattress and stuff all upside down. That's great. Wild times. Eventually, we kicked him out. Eventually, we kicked him out. And then years later, I was at um, McFadden's when it was on third. Yeah. McToberfest. And, you know, like I'm out of college talking to some girls. um, And they were talking for a little bit. Turns out, like, they went to Drexel, da, da, da. And they're like, yeah, no, we know this dude. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. Just keep it moving. About an hour later, she's like, yeah, well, he told us, you know, about what happened. I'm like, oh, what? And they're like, how you guys kicked him out? And I'm just, I'm trying to get laid. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, like, just wasn't a fit, you know, saying all the, like, nice shit you say. They're like, no, well, he told us how you guys kicked him out because everyone was date raping girls and uh, and he wouldn't. And he took a stand. And so you guys kicked him out. And I was just like, hold on. I grabbed all my buddies. I'm like, can you tell them the same thing? And she's like telling, and her friends are like, yeah, I go, so, okay, let me just get this straight. You believe there's a world where in a major U.S. city, there are 100 guys and 99 of them are raping women. (laughs) One guy is not. And all he did was tell a nursing student, like, (laughs) like, no, and this didn't get any other news. Secondly, you've just been hanging out with me drinking for like a fucking hour and a half. Don't you think you'd be asleep already if that was right. my move? <laughs> and like the classic loser. You, Everybody else was doing yeah. it, but I wanted to take a stand. Shut you up. Gave, you gave me your phone number. And you think you think not only am I a rapist in the past, like I may rape you. What are you talking like? <laughs> man, frats were the fucking best. Yeah. It seems like it could be like a di- – and I don't want to say dying industry because it's not really an industry, but I know – It is an industry. I went to University of Delaware, and I know they are cracking down hard on hazing and i think pretty much every school well hazing yeah we are hazing has been gone like some of us got some of it when i pledged like guys who they knew would like take it it wasn't Mm -hmm. like no one's punching me whatever then i took over 
that role yeah. in my frat. And I like reworked it so it was all mental, which is probably way worse. Um, I've gotten in trouble on podcasts for telling frat stories. Right, right. You I did at care. one point. I got like I got an email. It was like, you're kicked out of the frat. And I was like, I'm 32 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> I swear to God, like this dude, this alumni dude, I was just at a bachelor party with him in Vegas. And I was just like, oh, am I allowed in the house? Like, I, <laughs> fuck you. We got kicked off campus three years ago for fucking two sexual assaults in a week. I'm 32 years old. And the year before, the president was selling heroin. I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, get those priorities. Yeah, just some guy on the board like sent me this. And the rest of the board was like, you can't do that. What are you talking about? Um, And then, yeah, so we're kicked off campus. I did just get an email recently from National, like within the last two weeks of like, we're trying to find like the former presidents because like we got to open that house up again in like the next two years and we need your input. And I'm just like... Dude, I don't give a fucking shit. Yeah. Can't weigh in on this. So yeah. were you somebody that was like, I wanna I wanna, you know, do a frat no matter what, or did you get to college and were like, oh, this is the way to go? I got to Drexel and because I did a year at a community college, I was a year behind. So I was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. But like I'm still there for four years because it's Drexel. Yeah. And I had a buddy uh who I played baseball with in high school who was just like, you know, oh, you're going to Drexel? You need to go to Teak. You need to rush Teak. I'm a Teak at NYU. We went on our scavenger hunt there. The house is sick. Like, it's crazy. You got to join. And I was just like, ah, I don't know if it's for me, like getting fingered in my butt. It's not my deal. Like, because that was just my you know mentality then. Right. And then I was like, all right, so everyone's having these rush events. Like, at a minimum, instead of just going to the dining hall, it was like, oh, pizza, cheesesteaks, like whatever. I'm going to go get free food, free Red Bulls, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, like I went to A Pi by accident, and because of how I looked, they thought I was Jewish. Yeah, so yeah. It was like they were willing to have me. Um, and then yeah, a couple other ones. My now, like my boss's boss, like dirty rushed me, trying to get me to join like Theta Chi, and now like I work for him at like a public company. Um, and uh, and then yeah, like I just went, and it was like, yo, this house is huge. They have parties all the time. We used to have parties every Thursday. And so one Thursday, it was like the second Thursday, I grabbed the guy who lived in the room next to me on the other side who wasn't a Red Sox fan. I was like, you have a fake ID, I have a fake ID, let's go find a bar. We did that. Then we got 40s and we sat across from the frat house. It was a regular Thursday night and they were having a lingerie party. And there was just a line down the block of sorority girls in lingerie. And I was like, that's me. That's my new life. Yeah, no, I feel like everybody kind of has that aha moment. Like for me, I moved into Delaware and was just ready to go. And we had like, you know, when you have like the long weekend to start, you don't have class for like five days. So there was three straight nights of going out and just trying to get in anywhere was such a hassle. And I could already tell, like, if you want to have a good time here, yet you have to pledge or you have to be insanely well connected, which I was too lazy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there are just schools where it's like you either have to play sports, be in Greek life. Have some other thing like, you know, I'm in theater. Like you need some sense of group. You're not just going to be best friends with the guys on your floor in your dorm for forever. Otherwise, like that sucks. No, right. Like uh, like one of, my, three, one of my sucks. best friends from Delaware. I mean, he had 15 friends that were girls and he knew their friends and he was constantly networking and he was able to go out. But it just sounded exhausting to do it like that. I'd rather a social chair just tell me show up here, you know, at this time or, or whatever and, and go. So yeah, it was just too exhausting for me to try to do it, do it on my own. Yeah. It's much easier to be like, yeah, I'm just paying these dues every yeah. Thursday. There'll be a party 
every Pay other Saturday there'll be a party. Right. Yeah. I'm not even paying for friends. I'm paying for these people to be an op- for an opportunity to be my friend is what I looked at. Because like not everybody in that house is my friend. I did not like everyone. A lot of them didn't like me. Sure. You know? It is what it is. And like then you're part of something, then you've got like frat sports. Um, yeah, I love that. The softball so, yeah. was great. Flag football. Oh, I love doing that. Did shit. all that yeah. shit. And then I just happened to get involved in like the politics of it. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a baseball podcast. College was fun. <laughs> College was fucking sick. College was so great. Uh, we could go out. I keep thinking like, imagine this happened. Like for me, cause you didn't go like far from home. Like, Drexel was year-round, so, like, I just moved out. Like, I just lived in Philly. I grew up in New York. My family lived in Florida. I lived in Philly. If this happened when I was, like, a junior, it'd be like, dude, what do I do? Do I live in Florida now? Yeah, and especially with you where it's kind of it's kind of different with because Florida's far, but, like, I don't even know. I, I think it's worse. Senior in high school, senior in college is clearly the worst for Corona. It's clearly the those are the two worst spots. Senior year of college, I think is the worst. Senior year of high school, I don't give a fuck. Get over it, kid. You've done nothing in life. You go to some shitty like the real. Oh, what do you have? The best four years of your life ahead of you. Like yeah, but if what, you want to visit, but if you want to visit colleges now and and or I guess it might be past the deadline, but visiting colleges and I don't know, uh, like senior year for me, senior high school was like when I really got to drink a lot in high school and and do different things and and blow off steam to not get the last to not get the victory lap would kind of suck after suffering through SATs and all that other bullshit in high school that yeah, you have to do. I know I get that. Like that part I totally get. I just think um college is worse because you just have the real world. Like, no, senior um, year in college is, is the worst to cut that short. And and it, it, look, it's the same thing. Like you battled through your college internships. You bet you took all your tough exams. I mean, my senior year of college, I really didn't even uh, I didn't have classes my spring semester. Like that would have been brutal to to just lose that. You know, it's like uh, you finished your vegetables and you don't get to have the cake. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I just want some fucking baseball back. Me too. We might get it, man. Maybe the, look, maybe this guy will surprise both of us and we'll be here next week. Praising. Nobody wants to be more wrong than me. And I don't think, again, like this isn't anything against Trevor Plouffe. Like he was told this information and he ran with it. I just don't see how it happens without MLB like laying out something more or the numbers like whatever. You want to open America, like open America. Let people go back to work. People get sick. We'll get through it. You know, whatever. People are going to die. And if you're fine with that, you're fine with that. But they're not um, going to. I don't see them opening up baseball in that thing. Like, you just can't have – if the rest of the world is going to be opening up, like you can't have Gary Sanchez fucking go to Chipotle and get corona. <laughs> right, right. It's a great analogy. Uh, I always hear about people seeing Yankees at Chipotle in New York. Like that's the most really? like, commonplace thing to like – yeah, if you're just like a commonplace that you see them, it's not like – I don't know. I just know a lot of people have run into like Aaron Judge at Chipotle. Like, interesting. See, I always hear Starbucks. Yeah, or like Starbucks. Same thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, every time I hear it, it's like coffee. It's either Starbucks, yeah, Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts Chipotle, or Chipotle. You know, it's all some shit like that. There's know? certain chains that everybody likes, no matter who you are, no matter what your wealth status is. Everybody you just likes. You need a Chipotle. thing. You need a yeah. thing, and that's like, and whether that's like, I need coffee or. Because, like, just because you make, you know, $10 million a year doesn't mean it's like, oh, I got to go and 
go to some specialty coffee. They know I just need to go to fucking Starbucks. Like it's a great right. equalizer. Although if I was Aaron Judge, I'd be getting that shit delivered. I don't know if I'd want to walk in there and, and stand on the line at six seven with everybody. But like <laughs> coming then, up to me. But when you're famous like that, like you want to get out of the house at some point. Have you been watching this Jordan thing? Oh yeah, it's awesome. But like that, you can never leave. Can't go anywhere. Yeah. Like yeah, ever no. in his life. It's a double-edged sword. I, I know that sucks for celebrities, but you get everything else in life on a silver platter, so I don't feel bad that they can't go to the grocery store when you have everything else that you could ever want forever. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I'm with you that, like, yeah, there was, like, a trade-off, but the trade-off is, like, something you got to suck it up and just go to Chipotle and have someone right. DM me, like, I just saw a fucking Aaron Judge Chipotle at 33rd and Lex. <laughs> and it's just like, great. I'll write a fucking blog about that. How much <laughs> did he get guac? Is yeah. it extra? Like, Double meat? Yeah, like, what do you want me to do with that info? <laughs> um, ah, well, I don't know when it's going to be, but we'll see you at the parade. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.